This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Popular painkillers. A day in the life. Jenkins, why didn't we get the grant? Every cub ever, starting with the letter F. And Rick's brush with Joan Collins. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> that is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. It's not only Minutia Man, it's the 50th Minutia Man episode. So welcome to our extravaganza. Tonight we have special guest Nipsey Russell, <laughs> Charo, uh, Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock, <laughs> J.P. Morgan, <laughs> And the Rick and Dave dancers, <laughs> George Goebbels, <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg, Charles Nelson Riley, uh, 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 Kevin McLeod. Uh, yeah, they, you know, we uh, I did invite a lot of the Dave and Rick dancers. Um, no one was able. No one. No one returned any emails. I understand a lot of them are going through physical therapy right now. I don't think they're dancers anymore. They're in homes. Yeah, right. So, well, congratulations, number 50. They said it wasn't going to last. I know. I know. Uh, You know, I'm wearing a a head-to-toe gold lame suit. Okay. Okay. Later. And it's later hosen, too. Well, of course. Yeah, later hosen, of course. Uh, I am wearing, actually, oddly enough, my... Uh, my high school gym uniform <laughs> with the short shorts. Yeah, the short shorts. It fits perfectly too. I haven't gained a pound since 1981. Me too. I look great. I, look great. <laughs> uh, I uh, shall we just launch in? I've got a story before I forget. Oh, we and Ari- we, no, no foreplay today. No, forget it. It's okay. not. It's not worth the effort. Um, I better tell the story because at our age, I will end up forgetting it. Right? Yeah. So this past week, um, I was at the grocery store picking up a prescription, and as I get older, I pick up more and more prescriptions. Yeah. I don't know if you're, yes. say, you're the same way. So I was picking up my uh, anxiety medicine. Okay. Uh, Lorazepam. So, no, not Lorazepam. I, I'm a Zoloft guy. Oh, okay. Okay. I've tried the Lexapro, didn't like it. I'm more Zoloft-y, I think is pretty much um, is my uh, is my go-to. That's, that's my house beer. That's the one. That's, that's the one step I'm not willing to take. I, I feel like if I'm not feeling my pain, I'm not actually living life. Yeah, yeah you're not alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I'd like a Rick without anxiety. <laughs> it's it's who I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, happy go lucky Rick's not going to do it for me. Yeah. Uh, I want I want the wor- I want Rick the Warrior about every little piece of minutia. Did yeah. you see what I just did oh, there? Oh, very nice. Brought it right back home. So, I was uh, picking up my um, Zoloft, so I go to the you know, I I go to the pharmacy. I go get it at the Jewel. So the pharmacy is at the, you know, the end of the store. Uh, so I pick up my prescription and I pick up some other things like spinach, I think, some salad dressing, very healthy stuff. So I go to the checkout line. And I start chatting with the um, with the clerk, the lady. Okay, I don't know her name, Henrietta. The cashier. Yeah, the cashier. We'll call her Henrietta. So, and we started talking about Chicago's new ordinance. Did you know that there's an ordinance now that every time that you buy a plastic, or every time you need a plastic bag, they charge you seven cents? Did that's, you know that? That's a city law. Yeah, it's like every time 
every time you go to a grocery store, actually, I think it's every time you go to any store and, and they give you a plastic bag, it's seven cents. Obviously, they're trying to encourage you to bring your own bags, which is interesting because I have bags in the car that I forget 100 percent of the time in the car. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so me, me and Henrietta were conversing about the about the fee, the ordinance. And while we were conversing, someone took my empty cart. OK. All right. You know how you have, yeah, you sure. have your empty yeah. cart. Right. So they took the empty cart. Well, my prescription was in the empty cart. So I so I noticed that my prescription or my card isn't there, nor is my prescription, and it's it being my anxiety medicine. Yeah. Rick, I started I started to lose it a little bit, as you sure, could tell. Of right? course, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 complaining to Henrietta, and Henrietta brings her floor manager, and the floor manager goes to the store manager, and everybody is up in arms. Because someone took my cart with my prescription, it, so they go on. It the, could so be one go. of those, the, one of those roving Zoloft uh, gangs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so I go to the front desk. They they go on the 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 PA system. You know, uh, for the patron that took a card, you know, card with a prescription, please bring it back. Did you see what I did? That did yeah. that sound like the PA system? That, that was, was pretty very impressive. <laughs> So, and I'm getting mad. I'm really getting mad because I need my prescription. Calm down, sir. Calm down. Um, and then I noticed that my prescription was in my pocket. So evidently, <laughs> evidently at some point, and I didn't remember, I put the prescription in my pocket. So, you know, so I wouldn't lose it. Um, what would you do at this point? Because I'll tell you what I did. But what would you do at this point where where everybody's up in arms? We've got we've got floor managers going all around searching for this thing. What are you doing? What 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 is the Rick move? Uh, well, so this is clear to me. What you do is you find the nearest cart, you put your back to everybody, and you go, "Oh, here it is!" And then you pull out it. Hey, thanks everybody for all your hard work. Appreciate it. It was just a misunderstanding. Everything's cool. That's a, that's what Rick uh, does. He walks out, and everyone's happy. What does Dave do? Uh, well, Dave basically did, didn't know what to do. Dave was frozen in time. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't mention that I, that my anxiety medicine was in, in my. So I basically just kept the ruse going for like another ten minutes. You know, <laughs> that's so nice of you. And, <laughs> I know. And then finally, I'm like, look, I got to go to work. Uh, here's my phone. Here's my num- name and number. Now, were you, were you, you call a dick me about it? Where you're like, listen, I got to go to work now. All right. Why don't you people keep I, looking? <laughs> um, I'm a method actor, Rick. Right. So I don't break care. I don't break character. So yes, I was kind of a dick. I was I was someone who needed a Zoloft that that was stolen, you know, from underneath my nose. Okay. So I they I give them my name and number, and uh, they were going to promise to call me if they found the prescription. They did not ever find the prescription. Well, what are the odds of that? <laughs> right. And I slunked off to the car, and I'm never going back to that jewel ever well, again. Well, that's the only solution is to just find a new pharmacy. Yeah, right. right. So uh so that was me. So that maybe was, my uh, solution wasn't such a bad idea. No, but I, I think you would have kept the ruse up a little bit too, I think. No, I don't think so. You, I, I, maybe this doesn't happen to you very often, but this happens to me a lot. <laughs> well, it's happening to me more and more. Uh so I double dosed my anxiety medicine and everything is fine. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Well good. Well, All, right. Right. All right. Is that story it's, worth it? I don't know. It's I think it's less than last week's twelve minute story, so that's good. <laughs> And let's, okay. uh, let's get into the actual minutia. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. Uh, do we have a lo- uh, do, do we have a sound effect or oh, something? Uh, it's already played. It's already oh. played while you were pausing. Uh, beer, a better painkiller 
than Tylenol, study says. Okay. All right. This co- the yeah, now we're talking. This comes out of Glasgow. Actually, didn't we have a did we have a Glasgow story last? I think we did. Are you like yeah, uh, uh, like subscribing to all the Scottish newspapers now? Uh, this is just a freak of of UK um, nature. Okay. Two or three beers may be a better painkiller than the stuff you get in the drugstore. British study found um, researchers at Glasgow University in the UK say they discovered strong evidence that alcohol is an effective painkiller. They also concluded the more beer people drank, the less pain they felt. Um, and, and, and the hotter some girls become, I think, uh, it can, it can be compared to opioid drugs, like, uh, opioid drugs, such as codeine. And the effect is more powerful than Tylenol said, Trevor Hick Thompson, <laughs> an author of the study published in the journal of pain. So, uh, there you have it. Well, you know, this our, is our, why I have not felt pain since 1979. <laughs> Right. Honey, I've got gout. I got to get drunk. <laughs> you know the extra benefits, though, when you use beer as your painkiller is in if you if you hang in there long enough, eventually you won't need a TV tray anymore <laughs> because you can just rest it on your belly. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, right, right. Pretty right. soon you're going to be able to look down at everybody around you because they've only got one chin. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, if there's a bar with a two chin minimum, you're in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that actually would be a great. That'd be a great promotion for a bar. Two chin min- minimum. <laughs> it would be. I think they, or already, two chin. they already have that. It's called a uh, bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or two chin. Two chins could be a great name for a hamburger joint. Oh, huh? I you was know, thinking. I, about- I do think people listen to this show with pen in hand, waiting for the million dollar ideas that you just flop out. Uh, it's, every it's, three to four minutes we're like groupons of million dollar ideas <laughs> yeah right no charge very just cheap so there you have it rick you can next time you talk to bridget saying uh or she's saying that you're drinking too much alcohol or too much beer yeah honey it's good for me okay all right mm-hmm. i will keep that in mind uh now um, for our 50th uh episode here i'm going to give you a bonus you ready for this mm-hmm in my segment, my minutiae segment right now, I'm going to do an accent for you. Okay. Free okay. charge. All right, because here's the story. Is it going to be a Chad? Is it going to be an uh, accent from Chad? <laughs> no, it is or, or not. Or Ghana, Ghana? No, it's going to okay. be from merry old England. Okay. Uh, this goes back to uh, 1967. This is around the time that the Beatles were ready to come out with uh, Sgt. Pepper 50 years ago. In 1967, so you're going to be hearing a lot about Sgt. Pepper in the next few weeks, and and there's a, there's a really great TV special. I strongly recommend you go and see um, if you can find it. It's probably on Netflix or something. It's called Sgt. Pepper: The 20th Anniversary. It was 20 years ago today, and George Martin goes through every single song on that album. It's just tremendous. But my favorite part of that special is when he has uh, Paul come in. And he talks to uh, McCartney and he says, uh, you know, if you had to put uh, one word on the why pepper, uh, Paul says, drugs, <laughs> drugs. <laughs> we, were, we were all on drugs. And he goes, well, not all the time. He goes, oh, yes. Yes. That's <laughs> the whole time. Every song was about drugs. Uh, I can hear that, too, in the uh, in the, oh, the, in the- are they it's fixing no a hole where the rain comes <laughs> in and stops their mind from wandering? But anyway, yeah, yeah. 
this this week is also the anniversary of the BBC banning the song A Day in a Life. And the Beatles on there, if you follow the Beatles on Twitter, which of course I do, uh, they actually posted this uh, yesterday. So I want to read this is a um, this is a letter from the head of the BBC to the head of EMI Records. Ready? Here comes the British accent, Dave. Ready? Are you buckled up? Oh, yeah, I got my draft of uh, bitter. Uh-huh. Drink it right now. Yeah, and I've and I've got uh, te- tooth decay, and okay. I'm just ready to go right now. Let's finger go. sandwiches. Yeah, finger sandwiches, tea, tooth decay, and my bitter. Let's go. Okay. Dear Sir Joseph, I never thought the day would come when we would have to put a ban on an EMI record, but sadly, this has happened over this track, A Day in a Life. We listened to it over and over again with great care, and we cannot avoid coming to the conclusion that the words, I'd love to turn you on, Followed by that mounting montage of sound could have a rather sinister meaning. The recording may have been made in innocence and good faith, but we cannot take, we must take account of the interpretation that many young people would inevitably put upon it. Turned on is a phrase which can be used in many different circumstances, but it's currently such in vogue in the jargon of the drug addict. We do not feel that we can take responsibility of appearing to favor, with a U, or encourage those unfortunate (laughs) habits, and that is why we shall not be playing the recording in any of our programs, radio, or television. I expect that we shall meet with some embarrassment over this decision, which has already been noted by the press. We will do our best not to appear to be criticizing with a S. Your people, but as you will realize with an S, we do find ourselves in a very difficult position. I thought we would like to, uh, you'd like to know why we have most reluctantly taken this decision. Warmest regards, yours forever, Frankie Lott, Director of Sound Broadcasting, to Sir Joseph Lockwood, Chairman of EMI House of Manchester House, London. (laughs) Not bad, not bad. what, what first of all i didn't listen to a word you were saying because I, I, I was so enamored by, by your accent you know what you reminded me of is you ever listen to a audio book on tape i can't i cannot listen to audio books on tape because it's so ridiculous that the one guy is doing all the different voices you know what i mean yes that's true um, so you sounded like you know you're you're reading a book and then this is the english character right you go into the uh, but uh, yeah, is that well done, sir? I just, Bravo! I just thought it was. Bravo. I just thought it was funny that they sent this letter, and it was kind of like a. It's a letter from the head of the BBC to the head of EMI Records, who's who's a knight, you know, Sir Joseph, <laughs> and it was kind of like a disappoint. I'm disappointed in it. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's like my parents. My parents never got mad at me. They just got disappointed in me, <laughs> right. which was ten times worse. Right. A German disappointment is just oh god, can't you hit me uh, or something? No. No, we're just disappointed in you. And, you know, funny, funny, I try that on my kids. They don't give a shit. No, mine either. It does not work at all. No, I don't know if you need a German accent or or maybe an English accent. Try try the next time. Do you yell at your kids in public by any chance? Uh, no. I, I, You know, here, here's my – this stuff probably won't work on girls, but <laughs> for the boys, what I do is I grab them by the shoulder in a Vulcan death grip. <laughs> 
and, and I squeeze as hard as I can, and it's my, it's my way of saying, "You better shut up now." Uh, and it, I, and it usually works. I went through a phase that when I was yelling, and this is. I don't really yell that much anymore because, quite frankly, I'm a beaten man and I don't really care yeah. anymore. Uh, but, you know, like three, four years ago when Lila was like 11 and the twins were like 10 or whatever. Uh, no, not 10. They would be like eight, seven or eight. When I yelled at them in public, I did it in a different accent. I would either go Cockney accent. <laughs> I would either go, I would either go German because they would be so stunned that they would stop whatever they're doing. That worked for maybe the first, I don't know, three or four times. And then they got then then they realized the shtick and then they would still misbehave. But for, you know, for that two week period, it was golden. I honestly the, and this is a totally true story. One time I was at Target when Tommy was like five years old and Tommy uh, was having a meltdown, like a, a complete public meltdown. And I was so humiliated by what was going on and everyone staring at me that I actually pretended like we were being filmed for a reality show. <laughs> and I started talking into my sleeve. Hey, you guys getting this? This is great stuff. You got it? I, mean, I didn't know what to do. And I was walking on. Hey, kid, look look at that at that clothing rack on our way out. Just look over there. I seriously did that. Did now? Did he react? Did he like start? There, pretending? there was one moment where he looked at me like, "What?" <laughs> Before he continued on, <laughs> humor is all we got, that's, right? That's, it. that's I, our only tool, right? Because you know, I, I have yelled at my kids and they just look at me and laugh because I have no credibility whatsoever. You Why know? is that? Uh, Why don't we have credibility? I, I don't know. Uh, like Julia, a couple years ago, refused to put on her jacket. Uh, to go to school. So I picked her up by the, by her, you know, by her chest, put her up and she was like 22 pounds. I put her up and I like, not slam her, but I put her against the the pantry and I go, put your coat on. And she just looked at me and just started laughing like yeah. a spit take. You yeah. know, you're like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's yeah. why they have no respect for us. <laughs> right. Cause we bail pretty quick, you know? Uh, all right. Well, well, Again, love the accent, and I assume you will be doing a different accent every week. Uh, then maybe? I, I do several. I can I can do French, I can do German, I can do uh, Dutch. Uh, uh, so you're basically a European accent guy. I can do Brazilian. Do, can you really? I can do South African. Do a Brazilian? Uh, not now. I've already used my one accent this week. <laughs> All right. Okay. For our one hundred, for our one hundredth episode, <laughs> I'll bring in another one. That'll be our little. Uh, uh, what is the big festival in Brazil? Uh, Carnival. That's it. That's it. It'll be. You'll have to do it at the Carnival anniversary or something, or when Carnival is going on. Okay. Do you have any okay. uh, more minutia for us? Uh, cue up a Jenkins. Oh, oh, here we go. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Now we had a... Before you get to the Jenkins story, I want to tell the story of how... Was it last week or two weeks ago that we had breakfast with Joel Daly? Mm-hmm. One of mm-hmm. our authors. The three yeah. of us had breakfast. And, and he turns to us and he goes, I have a question for you guys. What did the poor Jenkins ever do to you? <laughs> yeah, that's um, and Joel Daly, who is, I don't know, perhaps the coolest human on earth. Don't you think? A Renaissance man. 
Yeah, he he's just like us. <laughs> he is. Right? Yeah, he builds an airplane on his kitchen table. Yeah, just Come like on. us. Yeah, we do that Tuesday. We call that Tuesday in That's the Rick right. and Dave. Yeah, with the Rick and Dave show. Um, you know what? For this story here, Rick, should I do it in a New Jersey accent? No, please don't. Okay. Every every year since 1999, New Jersey Institute of Technology has offered a college prep program for low income low income low income high school students from Newark who hope to become the first in their family to attend college. That sounds great, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, the program may now end, and do you know why? <laughs> Is it a Jenkins reason? Uh, yeah, so because some guy named Jenkins uh, submitted an application for $1.25 million in federal funds and didn't double space it. <laughs> evidently, evidently, the federal agency that is in charge of uh, dispersing these funds demand that the applications are double spaced. So this, and, this agency is run by my old English teacher. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. German. Your yeah. old German English teacher. Exactly. Uh, so they actually... I mean, th- this is a big deal. They, uh, the Department of Education, right now, is saying no way. Uh, this annual funding is just not going to happen. Now, granted, not sure what the United States Department of Education's role is going to be in any of our lives in a few weeks. Who knows? Right? <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so they definitely, yeah. So they are. So they are in trouble. Now, I looked up some other famous typos, costly typos in history. Yeah. Do you got a you got a few minutes? Right, I'm uh, ready. Actually, actually, what the hell? We have no advertisers. We don't have to hit any any stops. We can go on forever. Well, we got we? Nipsey Russell coming up in a yeah, few minutes. Right. Uh, yeah, George Goble, actually, his corpse is on my my, my chair right <laughs> is now. Is Nipsey still uh, alive? All right, you, I don't, you, you tell I, your story. I, I'll look up if Nipsey's still alive. Okay. All right, this is out of German, uh, Germany. Uh, in 1870, okay, a German study... Uh, basically screwed up spinach for everybody on earth for every kid that is forced to eat spinach it's because of these germans in 1870 they accidentally um put oh wait before before you finish this moment of silence nipsey russell's dead since 2005 okay carry on um well if we were creative enough we could do a poem right now about didn't he always do the poems he did um so in 1870, these Germans uh, put a typo on a on a package of spinach that said that it had ten times more iron than it actually does. Okay. All right. Spinach spinach doesn't have that much iron. But how many kids throughout the entire world has had have been forced has forced to be eating spinach because you you people screwed up and yeah. put that ten times. So that is that's okay. That's oh, not you, a, you mock, but. Talk to talk to Popeye about that sometime. Well, Popeye is a uh, is a lie. His his strength comes from a lie because okay. that that right, spinach. Um, NASA in 1962. Okay, do you remember the interplanetary probe Mariner One? Do you remember that? Oh, sure, of course. Who doesn't? Um, well, this probe was supposed to go really, really close to Venus to get pictures of Venus, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it but it spazzed out. Due to a software-related guidance system failure, evidently in rocket science. Well, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when they write an R with a little dot over it, I guess that means something. Well, they created this whole program or whatever it was this coding 
without the little dot over the R. Somebody forgot the little dot over the R, um, which is evidently a really big deal. So the result is, is that Mariner 1 uh, became like basically a missile that they didn't know where it was going to go. So they had to blow it up like five minutes after the launch at the cost of $80 million. Do you know where it was going to go? Uranus. He's a, he's a one step ahead of me. <laughs> so, so eighty million bucks. Some guy named Jenkins forgot the R, right? Okay. Uh, this is my favorite one. In sixteen thirty one, okay. Royal printers, if I could do in English, Royal printers Robert Barker and Martin Lucas um, printed the Bible. They got the they got the big Bible account in sixteen thirty one. Okay, um, there in the Bible, there's 1189 chapters, 31,101 verses, and 783,137 words. Did you know that? Probably not. No, that's that's minutia. Well, evidently, uh, Robert Barker and Martin Lucas only printed 78,000, uh, 783,136 words. They forgot one word. Okay. What was and that ha- it? was it <laughs> that happened or, and it was in Genesis 2014. Yeah. OK, that's it the is person. Adam and Steve, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, very good. Uh, no, they forgot the they've the, 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 they forgot the not and thou shalt commit adultery. <gasps> oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I am not kidding you. Yeah, 16. They forgot, quote unquote. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, which, incidentally, this Bible now is the favorite of all NBA players throughout <laughs> yeah. the uh, oh, That's uh, pretty good. Uh, and historians have yet to reach a consensus as to which, whether the typo is the reason for England's larger-than-average population of bastards in the mid-1600s. So there you go. And it's, and it's referred to as the Wicked Bible. I love it. Yeah, so there you go. Um, the King Order – oh, here. Here's, here's a, a little aside. Uh, the king, a little upset. King Charles I, kind of pissed yeah. at the printers. They were fined 300 pounds, which was basically a lifetime's worth of savings at the time. Uh, and then every existing copy of the book had to be burned. But there are 11 copies of it in existence today. Wow. That's, that is that is a very interesting story and definitely minutia. There you go. So there you go. All right. It's time for our next segment. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Okay. So Just One Bad Century is our website, justonebadcentury.com, which features the history of the Chicago Cubs. And one of our features is called Every Cub Ever. And over this summer, I've been featuring, I've been featuring them by letter. Like if you go onto JustWhatBadCentury dot com today, you'll see that there's a every cub ever with the letter F feature. Why F? Uh, well, because yesterday was E, and the day before that was D. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So you're going in order. Good thinking. I am going in order. That's there, there are eight entries great. under F. Okay. There are two Hall of Famers, five managers, two celebrity fans, a Cubs broadcaster, a player author, a 1908 Cub, a 1918 World Series GOAT, the first Mexican-born pitcher in the major leagues, the most famous usher ever, three Foxes, 
a guy with the greatest nickname of all time, which it was Death to Flying Things, oh. a musician, a cub who, pe- who actually kept a pet cub, and a live toad swallower. All right, well, I, the usher is Andy Frayne, right? That's right, yes. The musician, Carmen Fanzone. Very good. Um, I think that's all I got. What, uh, any other easy ones that I should have? Uh, let's see here. Well, the, the two celebrity fans are Dennis Farina and, and Dennis Franz. Two Dennises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Hall of Famers were Frankie Frisch and Jimmy Fox. You've got five managers. Uh, that was Jim Fry, Terry Francona. Frankie Frisch, uh, Bob Ferguson, who was also death to flying things. When when did Terry Francona? He wasn't a Cubs manager. He was a Cubs player. Oh, I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, And then the World Series GOAT was Max Flack, who uh, in 1918 dropped a routine fly ball that cost the Cubs the 1918 World Series. And some people on the Chicago White Sox thought it might have been... The little shenanigans, a little huh? Little shenanigans little... there, and so they decided. Well, if he can do it, well, we can do it. Yeah. Except they got caught the next year. Yeah. So you guys are better cheaters. Than... Hey, what's going on with the Cubs? Every time I'm turning on the TV, they're losing in like the bottom of the ninth inning or something. So let me tell you about the Cub who who uh, kept a pet Cub. <laughs> your 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 uh, thing was going in and out there. I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Um, right. In 1938, Larry French was his name. He made news when he bought a live bear cub from a fan for 10 bucks, which sounds like a great plan. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he learned a valuable lesson. Keeping a bear cub isn't as easy as it sounds. The, cubs, the cub tore up his apartment, and yet somehow French managed to convince his teammate Ripper Collins to take the bear off his hands, and guess what happened? Uh, he killed Ripper Collar. I don't know whatever. <laughs> he, he, he also tore up <laughs> his apartment. So. Do you do you do you ever you know you hear about people you know keeping an exotic animal right like a chimpanzee or whatever in their house? Yes, you 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 zonked out there for a second. Uh, so while, while Dave is is uh, rebooting and getting back up there, uh, I'll tell you about uh, the guy who is the live toad swallower. His name is Bill Fall. He once hypnotized himself. Actually, he used to hypnotize himself regularly before games. And opposing players would make fun of him by swinging watches and saying, tick tock, tick tock, while he was bitching. Uh, another thing. There you are. Are you there? Yeah. You haven't missed much. Oh, okay. Bill Fall, you were talking <laughs> okay. about exotic animals. He used to rip the head off of parakeets with his teeth before games. He swallowed live toads, oh. claiming they put extra hop on his fastballs. And here's why he was probably the least popular guy on his team. He liked to hold guys off of third and fourth floor hotel balconies by their ankles upside down. Oh, the Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. Theory. Yeah. So uh, there that's uh those every cub ever with uh that begins with the letter F and you should check it out because there's a lot of other good ones in there too. And, how, how much time did it take you for the Fs, do you think? <laughs> well, there's only 80 Fs. So. Okay, so well run me through the process. I mean, what how long did that take you? I don't know. Uh, 20 probably, hours to do Fs? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more. Time well spent. Good for you. That's 80 research projects, basically. Uh, how much time did you spend on 
your junior year of college. Just curious. Ballpark. Spitball me here. About seven, eight hours of solid study. <laughs> okay. Right. So basically, the every Cubs ever is yeah. like nine PhDs for you, is what you're saying. Yeah. I think I should be awarded at least one <laughs> PhD for that project. Hey, what's going on with the... With the job, weren't you? Didn't you apply for the Cubs historian uh, job? I, I talked to the guy who is the Cubs historian. I was at a event called. Uh, it was a Ring Lardner. Uh, was Ring Lardner was a great uh, sports writer. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame, into the Chicago Literary Hall of Fame. He's been dead for you know nearly a hundred years. Um, but at that event, I talked to the guy who is the Cubs historian, and he told me that they're not looking for a historian or a archivist or anything that uh, he doesn't know where that came from no oh, you would have been perfect at the job i would have been i would have been. you would have you would have actually like wanted to go to work then yeah wouldn't absolutely. you absolutely although i think i've been bad luck this year so maybe not all mm-hmm. right it's time for our final segment a random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a celebrity name, and I have to tell the story of having my uh, encounter with that celebrity. Go ahead. Joan Collins. Joe Collins was on the John Landecker show uh, in the mid-90s, I want to say. And she was doing it uh, via satellite from New York. Now, what she does, when you when we do these satellite things, they what they do is they get the celebrity in a studio. And uh, it sounds like they're in the studio with you. But they're really in a different town and then she does like you know, like us like us like yeah. our podcast right exactly we sound next to each other okay and, and she'll she would spend like 10 minutes with each market so she could do like you know 30 radio interviews from one location and that day we were the first interview and i could hear them setting her up because we had it in queue i could listen to her getting ready and i could hear the producers on her end asking her to put headphones on and she's like, oh, no, dear. No, 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 no. I spent hours on this hair. Well, not, you know. Well, you're just flopping out the English accents left and right now. <laughs> I'm not doing it bitchy enough, though, because okay. she was a bitch about it. You could hear it in her voice. It was just like, and, and, and the producers who I knew, who I had worked with many times on these satellite interviews, were scared of her. Yeah. yeah. So they decided to not force the issue. Now, the problem is when you're doing a satellite interview, as soon as the microphone is turned on, all volume goes off, right? Yeah, okay, in a, in I get a, it. In a radio studio. So she needs to have the headphones on to hear the questions. Right, right, sure, sure. Obviously. So in order to set this up so that she could do this without headphones, they put a little speaker on near her so she could hear what the questions were. But the the speaker was too close to the microphone, and it's like a feedback thing. Yeah. So John would go on. John went on the air and started talking to her, and and you he'd say, "Hello, Joan, how are you?" And and you'd hear, "Hello, John, how are you?" <laughs> and, then, and then she'd say, "What?" And he'd say, <laughs> "You know, it was it was god awful." And after like thirty seconds, uh, John says something to the effect of, "Lady, put your headphones on." <laughs> hey, hey, lady, put them on. Hey, lady, 
uh, and, and she wouldn't do it and then <laughs> and so and so john john just cut the interview off thank you very much joan collins and we went to commercials and, and we listened to her response off air and she, and she said something to the effect like he was a rude little bastard wasn't he <laughs> you know it's it sounds like you ever see the uh videos of the nuremberg trials yes <laughs> where they have the, the, the you know or, or they do it now right i mean when they have at the united nations they have the little speakers or in the headphones translating the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the language yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great if a wacky guy was the translator at one of these things <laughs> and would just like do wacky you know uh, to the north korean you know uh just like knock knock jokes and stuff just to be kind of fun wouldn't well, that be kind of cool? I, don't you think that we kind of have to have that right now with uh, yeah. in reverse yeah. you know when yep. when when trump is talking to somebody there you know his <laughs> translator's like i'm not saying that <laughs> right right uh, yeah. wait we love you thank you very much yeah everything right. is good thank you do what you're doing <laughs> all right so anyway if you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like... The Game Show. I loved it last week. Did you listen to The Game Show? Please tell me. It was just... I, you know, I, I am just amazed at how much effort everybody puts into their show other than us. And I know I shouldn't say that out loud, probably. Yeah, people But these guys... This. What'd you say? People can't hear this. Uh, no, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, we've got a couple of jingles and stuff and we're really usually screwed up and everybody has better technical, logical tech, tech people on their staff yeah. than the, we do too. Well, the big problem is that we have Rick and Dave. Yeah. Uh, but listen to the game show. My God, that's just a, it's just a, it's a civic treasure. Cause just great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radio misfits.com. Find out more about Rick and Dave. Uh, you can check out uh, EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the show so you never miss a moment of it. And we would like to uh, thank our executive producer, Tony Lasano, uh, with Opie Productions. And actually, big news this week. I don't know if you heard this, day, but Tony got... Uh, is has been named uh, the executive producer of Bob Saracho on uh, No way, I didn't yeah. I did not hear that. Good for him. So, That's great. Congratulations to Tony. Uh we're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutiaman. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and Friends. My name is Ron Majors. This is somewhat an entertainment show that we do here. And I'm honest here. I think we've only mentioned Trump's name four times. It's been very tempting to go towards that light. But the news has just got sucked up by him yeah. and puts almost anything he does. What do you feel about that? It's almost like the he's wagging the dog. A, a little bit. It's also the most amazing political political story of our lifetime. It's hard to look away, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I just find it ironic that Trump is doing well and Ron Majors is getting ready to retire. I think there's some <laughs> parallel there. Lasano and friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.